Today we're covering the four ways that the Packers may go in the first round, be it offense, defense, trading up, trading back. Those are at least the four options I think of. If if you can think of a fifth one, and if it includes a kicker, you need some help. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Lombardi Time Brews. You know, I said the other day that uh, we were going to be covering the the visits for the Packers today, right? And that's what I was going to do. And then all of a sudden I looked across the interwebs and I saw that a few other creators for the Green Bay Packers did the exact same thing this morning, at least two of them. Uh, And their stuff came out this morning. So, you know, I didn't want to be that guy who just like did it again. I know obviously all of us have these different things where we, we put it out and then we have our personal opinions, our personal takes. I just didn't want to do it on the same day. So today I decided to look at the four options that the Packers have in front of them, be it trading up, trading back, or staying put at 15 and going with offense or defense. And I used a couple different tools, a couple different lists to help garner this information that I'll get along the way. If you were really looking forward to that video about the top visits, don't fret. I'll be doing it a different day, maybe even Friday, and then I'll push my last mock draft to Monday. Maybe I'll just do it on Monday. Ah, we'll get to it. But I just didn't feel right doing it today, considering that others had done the exact same thing. So uh, today I decided to pivot a little, and we're going to talk trade up, trade back, offense, defense. Now, we've already looked over the last couple of weeks, what are the Packers' needs, right? And the thing is, they don't need that many starters right now. However, the depth at a number of different spots is quite precarious, as well as the future outlook at a couple of different spots as well. So I created a short list, or I I said I should borrow a short list. Tyler Brook on Twitter put this out. Uh, He does writing for a number of different websites. The draft is certainly one of his areas of expertise, so I trusted his short list. Jacob Morley, who does a lot of writing for uh, the Packers Draft Guide, one of them that's available for publication, he seconded this list. And then I threw on a couple of guys that I think not were overlooked, but a couple of guys that I could also see being first-round picks for the Green Bay Packers that are outside of the shortlist. Then what I decided to do is I looked at ESPN and their new draft tools, and they have the draft day predictor. And what that is is you can put in a player from the draft, right? Anyone who's enlisted for the draft, and they'll tell you, based upon mock drafts, intel, insiders, all that kind of stuff, when exactly they're exactly this consensus about when they're supposed to go in the draft. And it gets a little bit more detailed than that, like you can pick, punch in, pick 15, and Peter Skoronsky, and it'll tell you what percentage likelihood it's looking like Skoronsky will be there available at 15. So I took the shortlist for Brooke uh, and, and Morley and added a couple of my own, and we're going to see what the percentages are that they're going to be available at 15. So let's say first the Green Bay Packers are going to sit. So right at pick 15, and they're going to choose offense. So let's go over those names. At tackle, the shortlist would be Darnell Wright, Peter Skaronsky, Broderick Jones, and then I added Paris Johnson. So Darnell Wright, he's become a more and more popular name for the Green Bay Packers. Maybe is more of a right tackle prospect than a left tackle prospect, but certainly is a mauler. Uh, the ESPN put him in at a likelihood of 70%. 
Peter Skoronsky, relative of Bob Skoronsky. Yes, the Super Bowl winner from the Vince Lombardi days in Green Bay. Uh, probably one of the top tackles in the draft, but the real lingering question is, is he going to stay at tackle with his short arms? He could be a Brian Balaga-esque right tackle with shorter arms, or he could just be an elite guard. But even elite guards you generally don't spend a first-round pick on, so scouts are very mixed on him, or so it appears. Nonetheless, he's viewed as one of the top tackles in this draft, and the likelihood of him being there at 15 is listed as only 10%. Another one, Broderick Jones. Some questions about him switching to guard, but not nearly as many. He's sitting at 50%. And then Paris Johnson, a name that has gained a lot of traction for Green Bay, and even more so that he may be gone by the time Green Bay gets on the clock at 15. ESPN still only has him sitting at 40%. Now let's look at a different position. Yes, a position that I know many people are clamoring for, wide receiver. And the obvious one, right, the, the person that I think is number one wide receiver in this draft for a lot of people, Jackson Smith and Jigba. And ESPN right now has him at about a 30% likelihood that he'll be sitting there at pick 15, which if you want to go get him, if you want to get the number one wide receiver in this draft, are you comfortable just riding out 30% or do you have to move up? We're going to be getting to that in just a little while, but he's at 30%. Or how about Hyatt from the University of Tennessee? I know, I know. He's mocked predominantly as like a second-round pick. Maybe he sneaks into the back of the first. But the rumors have not stopped that Green Bay is enamored with his speed. That Green Bay thinks that if they can fine-tune some aspects of his wide receiverness, that he could become a complete receiver for them, despite him falling well under their historical thresholds at height and weight. Anyway, according to ESPN, if they want to pick him at 15... They can, 100% likelihood that he's available at pick 15 per ESPN. Uh, the other one uh, I threw onto the short list. I don't think it's a perfect match for Green Bay, but it's someone I could at least kind of sort of see them. Quinton Johnston, wide receiver. Yes, your prototypical X receiver. He did just have a couple athletic thresholds kind of fall a little bit short. Uh, he's rated as a 95% likelihood of being available. Now, I know some people are immediately thinking Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, a couple more rumored first-round wide receivers. Zay Flowers falls even shorter of their guidelines than, than Hyatt does in a lot of regards. And then the other one, uh, let's see, that was Zay Flowers. Oh my goodness, I'm totally blanking on the other receiver. Huh. All right, well, Zay Flowers probably won't go there. Oh, Addison. Oh, it's one of those days, y'all. But Jordan Addison, his athletic testing did not go well. His RAV score fell well below their thresholds. He's not their type anyway. Uh, I just can't see Addison. I know some people really like his game. I know some people clamor for him, but the truth is, given what Green Bay has historically drafted, I just have a real difficulty seeing them go with Addison. And then, of course, the tight end position. Yes, the darlings of Green Bay. Uh, and to tell you, ESPN thinks that they have a fantastic chance at whatever tight end they want at pick 15, as Michael Mayer, Darnell Washington, and Dalton Kincaid all are listed on ESPN as having a 100% chance of being available at pick 15. So that gives you a rough idea of at least what ESPN is saying with their newly debuted tool, the draft day predictor, and then to go along with their big new draft simulator, which is a brand new thing. If you want to look at the defensive side of the ball, I think there's a couple options here that they could go with. 
So let's transition to defense. I think they could pick an edge player, certainly. I think they could pick a corner. I wouldn't ever rule out Green Bay picking a corner in the first round. What I don't see being that likely, besides Brian Breezy, would be a defensive lineman. I mean, maybe Clancy from Pitt, but again, just not everything lines up just right. It seems like that's going to be a position that they address later, unless they really fall in love with Brian Breezy. So I stuck more so to edge and corner. Edge, of course, one of the most talked about positions for the first round for the Green Bay Packers. So let's dive in there. First of all, Miles Murphy, a very common name that we've heard a ton about, tested extremely well. ESPN still considers him to have a 95% chance of sitting there in the first round. Or how about a very, very popular name with a lot of Wisconsinites, Lucas Van Ness. Yes, the Iowa Hawkeye edge player. ESPN thinks that he's going to be closer to the tier of Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson in that more elite tier of edge that may not be sitting there at 15, they give him only a 30% chance of being there. And then you also have a Deb Aware from Northwestern, the combine gem himself. Uh, ESPN believes he's got a 100% chance of sitting there. And then corner. Now, Tyler Brook did not list any corners on his short list. I, like I said, though, I don't ever rule out Green Bay looking at a corner in the first uh, and so I took a look at three that I think fit fairly well. Christian Gonzalez fits as well, but I just don't see him being available. I don't see there being any way that that's going to happen. So number one was Devin Witherspoon with a 5% chance of being there at 15. Next was Joey Porter Jr. with a 45% chance. And then Deontay Banks from Maryland, a 100% chance. So you have it. That's probably the shortlist of who they're looking at, right? Here's the thing, though. If the Green Bay Packers want to trade up, how far are they willing to trade up? And why would they do it? Well, let's look at the case of wide receiver, right? If Jackson Smith and Jigba is the only player on your list that has a first round grade at wide receiver, are you comfortable with that 30% chance that he may be there or not? Especially with teams picking ahead of you like the Patriots who have a great need at wide receiver. How about the Titans at 11 with a great need at wide receiver? Are you comfortable allowing them or allowing yourself to take the chance to not get him? And I'm not saying that the, that's what the Packers are going to do. Maybe they don't even like JSN. But just hypothetically speaking, if he's your wide receiver one and wide receiver is one of your biggest needs, are you cool sitting back? Right? I know that this is a very common draft to want to trade back in. And if that's what the Packers do, I'm not upset by it at all. I don't blame them one bit. But the thing is, this is also a draft that the, the general consensus, the rumor mill, it's all just kind of saying that most teams have like 12 to 17, 18 guys on their first round board. We know in most years it's typical that some teams always have less than 32 on their first round grades. But this year especially, with kind of a, a lack of truly elite talent up at the top, a more equal draft, let's say, there's less first round grades. So if the Packers have a position that they really want, especially if they have additional draft capital from the Jets, which remains to be seen, and there is a position, there is a guy that they want, they could move up. I'm not campaigning for them to do it, but they very well could. I think it's a bigger possibility than a lot of people think, especially considering that Brian Gutekunst has a strong history of trading up in round one. If there's a guy that he's fallen in love with, 
I would not be shocked if he's aggressive to go up and get him. So now let's look at what it'll cost. Well, pick nine happens to be Chicago Bears. I don't think they probably crack much higher than nine. Because then you're getting to cost imbalance pretty quickly. But at nine happens to be Chicago. I don't see the Packers swapping first-round picks with the Chicago Bears. At 10 would be the Philadelphia Eagles, 11 the Tennessee Titans, and 12 the Houston Texans. What's it going to cost approximately to get up into those picks? Well, realistically, you're looking at pick 15 and your third-round pick, pick 78. Per the Rich Hill draft chart, which I utilized for this exercise, packaging 15 and 78 gets you into that like 10 to 12 range which is probably realistically the range you got to get in if you're looking for Jackson Smith and Jigba. If you're looking for one of the tackles, kind of depends on which tackle you want to get, but realistically, like Paris Johnson, probably ballpark of the same range. Tight end, you probably don't have to move. You're probably going to get one of the three unless you were just all in on a guy like Dalton Kincaid and you have to have him. Defensively speaking, if they want Devin Witherspoon, they're probably going to have to move up. But at edge, maybe Lucas Van Ness they'd want to move up for. I have a harder time seeing that, though, considering that the depth at edge is great. I think if you trade up, it's for a position where the depth is not as good. Or teams ahead of them just want too much for some of these premium players. Then this is absolutely the kind of draft the Packers could just move back and gain additional assets. So I want to take a look at what teams... In a rough area, because I don't think the Packers want to totally get back out of round one. I think they still are going to want a round one pick. Keep in mind that ever since the NFL instituted this fifth-year option, that round one picks carry an extra little premium on them. A little extra encouragement the team should stick around in year one so that you can execute that fifth-year option, much like the Packers are probably going to do with Jordan Love, like they've already done with Darnell Savage or Sean Gary, etc. So... If the Packers on trade back, I think it's going to be at the back end of round one, somewhere in like the 26 to 31 options. So 26, you got Dallas, 27, Buffalo, 28, Cincinnati, 29, New Orleans, 30, Philadelphia, and 31, Kansas City. Remember, there are only 31 first round picks this year, not 32 because of the Dolphins and Tom Brady and their whole little love affair. So realistically, what could the Packers get? If they jump back, well, we're dealing with a couple different ranges here. Let's say that Brian Gutekunst and Big Mike and Jerry Jones, they just work out a deal. And the Packers want to move from 15 back to 26. What's that going to cost Dallas per the Rich Hill trade chart? It's probably going to cost Dallas their first round pick 26, of course. But it's going to cost them their second pick 58. So if you're looking in this range, you're talking like drop back 11 picks in the first and get an additional second rounder. Granted, it's a late second, but an additional second rounder in a draft. And a lot of guys have relatively equal grades. We believe pretty tempting. Or if they don't want to do that, Dallas would have the option because we know that green Bay per their trade talks with the jets, they are insistent upon a first round pick next year. Green Bay must be smitten with the draft class next year. And it is rumored to be a significantly more talented class than what's available in this year's draft. So maybe the Packers want to work out a trade that looks at next year. So in order to do that, the Packers could drop from 15 back to 26. But if you want next year's first from Dallas, okay. 15 and their third rounder this year, pick 78, plus 26 and Dallas's first rounder, next year works out rough on the trade chart it's an approximation okay 
Well, let's say we don't want Dallas. Big Mike's still angry at us. We don't want anything to do with Dallas, etc. What about pick 31? Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. There's a number of teams here, 26 to 31, that historically, or at least in terms of recent years, have been fairly aggressive in the draft and going and getting the guys that they want. Kansas City, at times, if they've fallen in love with someone, is that team. Buffalo can certainly be aggressive. Cincinnati can be if they fall in love with someone. Philly with Howie Roseman can definitely be aggressive. So let's take a look at the back back end. Pick 31, Kansas City. If the Packers fall from 15 to 31, they could, in theory, trade 15 to the Chiefs and get in return 31, 63, and 95. Get first, second, and third from the Chiefs for falling back those 16 picks. So, I mean, there you have it. If they want to jump up into 9 through 12, it's probably going to cost them 15 and their third round pick 78, which is fairly easy to stomach, easier to stomach, if you get a second round pick from the Jets, right? Now, if the Packers decided like, all right, we're coming up to 15, all the guys that we really wanted are already gone. We don't have tremendous grade differences between pick 15 and pick 26 or pick 15 and pick 31. Let's just fall back a little bit and see what we can get. Well, you want to do that. Realistically, you're looking at whatever late round first you're going to get plus a second in order to do it, which if you got a lot of equal grades is kind of promising. The thing with where the Packers are, pick 15 in this year's draft is the possibilities are fairly limitless. It all depends on their board, as it does every year, of course. But with there being such lack of elite talent at certain positions, I could envision the Packers moving up. Yet at the same time, if the Packers want to focus in on edge, or if that elite talent goes even earlier than they thought it would, well, then kick it back and get the additional assets. Or... You just sit at 15 because you got 18 first-round grades and you're just sitting pretty and you know you can nab one of them and it's not going to cost you a dime. Options are limitless, and that is one thing about the draft this year. You know, we've seen uh, insiders have told Peter King, uh, insiders have told some people from ESPN, you know, these are NFL sources saying, throw out all your mock drafts, y'all. This is not going to be normal. I mean, kind of believe it. This is a strange draft with kind of a lack of truly generational top-end talent. That's going to lead to some very interesting decisions for the Packers included. So join me again on Friday. Like I said, it's either going to be my mock draft or it's going to be the visits summary now that visits will be all complete by Friday. Either way, we're still talking draft, and we will be all the way until next week, Thursday. Hope you had a fantastic day today. I'll be seeing you again soon, and as always... Go Pack Go.